You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Album Tunes, Here Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Shuggy Otis inspiration information. In the room, I have Rob. Hello. Ben. Hello. And Solange. Hi. Inspiration information is the third studio album by Shuggy Otis, released on October 1974 on Epic Records. The producer was Shuggy Otis, and the genre is psychedelic soul. All right, I'm going to read from the book Max Reinhardt. In spite of a 21st century CD re-release, this timeless musical gem remains a little-known album but it casts a sublime spell and deserves wider renown as a delicate, spacey, beautiful funk essential. The year 1965 saw Shuggy, age 12, debut at number 29 in the U.S. R&B charts, a born-again B.B. King on the fine but filthy country girl. The track was a funky blues classic by his father, legendary R&B star Johnny Otis, writer of classics like Hound Dog and Willie and the Handjive. In the deeply fertile music soil, Shuggy blossomed into a total musical prodigy, guitarist, songwriter, vocalist, arranger, multi-instrumentalist. By the time he was 19, he had played with Frank Zappa and Al Cooper, turned down the Rolling Stones, who asked him to be Mick Taylor's replacement, and created four unique albums, the last of which was Inspiration. The combination of minimal scales, max- maximal studio time, and the fact that Sly Stone was their biggest-selling funk star, saw Epic drop Shuggy in 1974, and then the world forgot him until a new century dawned. All right, what do we think of Shuggy Otis? I like this album. I uh, my When I was in the dorms in, uh, in like 2000, 2001, um, I, the guy lived across the hall from me, Vincent. Uh, he was a big David Byrne Luca Bop fan, and he he hit me to the uh, the Luca Bop release of of this record, and it I love it. Yeah, it's it's just nice and warm and fuzzy. It's a really interesting album. I feel like we haven't gotten anything like this. It's almost like a lo-fi Stevie Wonder album. Yeah, something like oh my yeah. God, it is, it is, it is. Where yeah. it's like I'm gonna do everything myself. I have. I'm a amazing multi-instrumentalist and I'm experimenting with new ideas and new instruments essentially with yeah. a drum machine. So and he did everything except, except for the horns. Okay, except so that changes strings, yeah. a lot about what I think about this album then. That really actually changes a lot of what I was going to say. Uh, but I still have all my notes. Um, <laughs> I just ripped those notes. Yeah, <laughs> just like old Nancy Pelosi. Um, we should have waited to the end to inform her so oh, she could have soapbox this. I was a little, I was a little sad because he starts out on inspiration information with what I like to call the liberal woo, and uh, there is it's when you know you listen to Soul Thing and they're like woo, 
Okay. Woo. Yeah. Woo. I call it the I call it the liberal woo, and um, there's not as much liberal woo as I thought this there would be on this album, but that's okay. Nary that's a okay. millennial whoop to be found. <laughs> liberal woo. Woo. We skipping around this one too. Is this XL thirty? I hit shuffle. Oh, mm. so we're listening to XL thirty. <laughs> it's a cool track. Yeah. Yeah, Man, I love the organ of, on it. Oh yeah, like. Uh, speaking of like XL30 and actually like most, if not all of side two, is side two all instrumental? Yeah, it, it is except for like a little bit of singing, I feel like. It seems almost like a uh, like cinematic, like... Yes, it's incidental like, music. Some like Isaac Love Hayes it. cinematic stuff. I wrote for Pling uh, that it would be great for like a cityscape scene. Yeah. You know, like, like an 80s movie about like Chicago or New York, like, or like a incidental like not scary law and order scene like it would be great for that like this is all really good cinematic non-diegetic music i feel like i thought it was chill but at times a little too lazy not yeah or just a little it didn't really explore out i thought it was a little lazy it didn't it didn't uh for him working on it for three years yeah uh some parts of side two sound like unfinished ideas to yeah me. which is surprising right with, yeah with so much time devoted like, to you it you spent so much time on this that you got in trouble dude yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of stuff i really like about this album though. <laughs> like i mean i get i get i feel like i get so harsh on these albums but there's a lot of stuff i love about it. like is this island letter we're listening mm-hmm. to yeah. i like this song a lot because it reminds me of a band that i feel like a lot of people aren't really into and this is gonna shock everyone it kind of reminds me of a lot of the slower songs that the cardigans would put out on like first band on the moon or um what's the first uh life like some of those like slower like more romantic songs that they have like this reminds me so much of that and i i can hear that i really like it a lot because it's very chill i even wrote i wrote in my notes that uh, this is something I'd listen to in the bathtub. <laughs> it's very chill. It reminds me too of Beck. Yeah, a, a lot of a lot of like his just kind of m- mixing different styles of like that having midnight that, vultures yeah. sort of Beck. Or, yeah, or, yeah, or in in a mutation. mutations, mutations, yeah, because yeah. it kind of mixes back. in that soulful like mm-hmm. sweetness, but then there's some like funk elements. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's kind of like all home mm-hmm. spun, home done, and yeah, I couldn't get into like Sparkle City though, and Happy House, like those. It's a Happy House. Yeah, yeah, that one was weird. It just kind of it, it felt <laughs> like the, there were like ideas there, but then it just kind of like fell off. He doesn't continue. Those, those That's why I'm in bands evolution. with other people, so I don't have to do everything <laughs> myself and come up with something like Happy House. I do have to say, I think part of my opinion on this album is colored by the fact that something, uh, okay, most people called it upsetting, but I think it was unpleasant, happened right next to me while I was listening to this album for the first time, because the way I do this is I listen to an album just like the first time, like I just listen to it while I'm commuting so I can feel how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm in here listening to this album and I got, I don't remember what song this happened on. It had to have been like happy house or rainy day, but I'm like listening to this album and like waiting for the bus. And all of a sudden this fucking car wreck happens next to me. <laughs> and not even just like a fender bender, like a, ah, like a woman coming out of her car wailing, like, 
car wreck, Whoa. I had to stop the album in the middle and call 911 and go what? across the... I'm not making this up. I didn't want to put it in the chat because I didn't want to ruin the surprise. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like listening to this album. There's this big old car wreck. It's so bad that this guy couldn't get out of his car. Oh and, my goodness. And this woman's like wailing in the middle of the street. And I'm like... And and this, like, military man is like, call everyone, call everyone. I'm like, fuck, oh, oh. So, yeah, then I had to go back to the bus stop, which the woman in the other car who was not, who was not car screaming woman comes out and tries to talk to me. And I literally get off the phone. I go, she's like, well. And I go, yeah. And I just, like, (laughs) walked across the street and went back to the bus stop and started listening to the album again. Did it put, did it calm you? Did it put Um, you no, <laughs> no, it didn't help. I was just like on the bus, like, mm. you can't see my face. Everybody's listening, but I was just on the bus like, oh, God. So, yeah. Um. Behind a rainy day. I'm in a snake back situation. Here's a pencil pad. my favorite song is though uh oh yeah my head out of my head or out of my head sorry i don't know if i yeah that was awesome that is i don't know why i I wrote in my notes not into it not sure why maybe just totally different i think it's great you know what i bet that's when the car wreck he said that and i just don't want to he said he wasn't uh he was really wasn't into drugs but for that one he was definitely inspired by uh taking three acid trips whoa and was uh sort of in like a depression like an isolation depression and that one just kind of uh kind of alleviated his so you wanted uh, to just write like a chill airy song exactly about his depression about yeah Mm. i think it works though Oh yeah, I like that one. Yeah, what do you guys think of the that analog drum machine that he's using those on a lot of tracks in this record? I love, I like it. I think it's very cool. very sliced down. Yeah, I like it. I think it's really cool. I like it, but I feel like it doesn't. It's um, it's early in the drum machine, and so I don't. It doesn't have much variety. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's built for organ music. Yeah, and. It's not much you can really... It's, it's I thought built, it sounded fine on, on There's Rat Going On. I think uh, it sounds fine on this one. I disagree it's, on both <laughs> both parts. It's built to like keep tempo. Yeah. But, I mean, I would probably prefer a live drummer. Oh, and, and he plays drums. On, on some like, of those. And, well, it's not on every song. Cause, like, th- this is a drum set we're hearing on Sparkle City, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Played by Shogi. Yeah. So just having it as like a... a the a, metronome having it as like a, a in his bag of bag of tools, you yeah. know. Like I think it sounds cool on Island Letter. I do like when it when it creates that lo-fi like uh, stereo lab kind of like trip hoppy kind of like yeah. electronic. Yeah. I like when that it sounds too. electronic and there's there's no lyrics or anything, I think it it works really really well. Yeah, I, that's a really good way to describe some of the like slower, more uh, ambient one or not ambient, but like uh, instrumentals is I was just like, why? There's something like weird about it. And I 
didn't even think about thinking it of his trip hop. Oh know? yeah, and I and I love I love trip hop. It's like one of my favorites, and I maybe that's why I'm a little bit more into those things. But I or into those like later albums. But I still feel like they're they are like kind of lazy. Yeah, I feel a little bad saying it like that, but it just yeah, maybe it's a limitation too of of just the recording like recording by yourself. It's very difficult to do everything and just adding you know other instruments that maybe you don't play or mm. are not as familiar with. I I also think that he relies too much on like key changes, um, which normally would be like, is that what it is when he's like, does something totally different? Is that a key change? Well, if he changes keys when he's doing yeah. something that's different. I don't know what it is. I don't, music, man, <laughs> when he like is doing one thing and then he's like, all right, doing something else. Are you talking about like Happy House when he's like, he just repeats that and then it's like a, comp- a yeah. completely different song. He yeah, has and then like Not Available does it segments. too. And okay. like like all that. And I just feel like he relies a lot on it. And to me, I kind of am like, dude, I get it. Okay. Like yeah. you're, he's really talented, but sometimes I feel like it's just like, okay, I wish you would just make a cohesive song, huh. you know? Okay. But I, I am not doubting objectively. Like Strawberry Letter 23? Yeah, because yeah, that's I a pretty cohesive song. song. Fuck <laughs> you guys. It's one of my favorite songs. And Brothers Johnson's version is like one of my favorite songs of all time. Like it was my Spotify number one listen to song one year because when you like broke down how many songs I listened to that were not that, it was like hundreds of times more than any <laughs> other song. And you've never heard this version. I've never heard Shuggy Otis's. I didn't we know. Just skip right to it. I didn't even know he wrote it. It's not on this record, but we can listen to it. Yeah. I didn't know he wrote it. Like I literally thought it was a Brothers Johnson. He not only song. wrote it. He wrote it when he was a child. But then, yeah. but then I was like going back and listening to Brothers Johnson. I'm like, this fucking album's just covers because they do Obla D Obla Die, yeah. mm. um, which you know what, whatever, whatever. Wait, it's not on this record. It's mm-hmm. on the Luca Bombri. It's on the uh, yeah. And the CD's not in there, so we can't. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, the CD. I lost the. How CD many? Uh, so it was just a, a nine-track record. Yeah, it's not a very short album. Yeah. Oh, uh, it, it's very long on <laughs> what I've been listening to. Um, See, I think I think the analog drum machine sounds cool in the intro to. Out yeah, of my head. I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm talking out of my ass now because <laughs> this is my favorite song on the album, and this is the. Sort of like Calypso yeah. uh, drum, drum beat. Yeah. I think this song is very, very good. It, yeah. it has a very nice like idea. I think it's idea. a relatively straightforward song. It well. is. Like, like you were saying you were hoping he would write someday. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not... I, I don't know why I didn't... Maybe I just need to, like, listen to it more. I'm really I'm really certain it's my, like, psychological block for, like, this upsetting <laughs> thing that occurred to me. I'm, I'm positive that's what it... How old was he when he wrote this, by the way? Or when he made this album? 24? Less than that. This is his first album as an adult. It was his third album. I'm just curious, because I, I feel like a lot yeah. of the lyrics are very, hmm. like... I don't want to say juvenile. In born like in 53, a, I think. 74. Oh my God, he's younger than my parents. And he was born in 53. <gasps> yeah. He's yeah. younger than my parents. That's wild. So um, he's what, like 22? 20. Oh, 20. Well, it took well, him, were, it took him three years to do this. Years, so oh, he would have okay, started yeah. when he was pretty young. So the, Strawberry Letter 23, he was like 17, 18. I really yeah. need to. Now, I, I meant to listen to it before I came here and I completely like just didn't get the time. Yeah, this song's great, man. Yeah, I love this. So, uh, Shuggy's dad, Johnny Otis, mm-hmm. the godfather of R&B. 
Yeah. What? Is how he's known. Uh, he is a musician, songwriter, band leader, uh, impresario, like a show promoter. He would put on big things. Uh, he discovered, among other people, uh, Etta James, Big Mama Thornton, Jackie Wilson, The Coasters. Uh, and then he had a band. He's always had like his band going. And uh, apparently, Shuggy started playing guitar when he was two. What? Picked a guitar and was like fiddling around with it. By the time he was 11, he was in, playing guitar for his dad's band. He would wear dark sunglasses and a fake mustache to be playing at the clubs. <laughs> That's so cool. That's awesome. Not fooling anybody, but it was too adorable to kick him off. But he's like, uh, and so then when he's probably like 15 or 16, he's playing bass with Frank Zappa. Yeah. He's playing bass on Peaches and Regalia. That's wow. him. And Hot Rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Peaches Yeah. Yeah, he's asked to join the Rolling Stones. And he's like, turns them nah. down. <laughs> Quincy Jones wants to put out his next record. He's like, nah. nah. <laughs> I'm good. Awesome. Just, it, and then just into obscurity in, until David Byrne yeah. decides to reissue it. Yeah. yeah. And now his kids tour around with him. Yeah. Like they, they play uh, guitar and bass on like when, when this, the revival tour stuff. So, Are you talking about his uh, son, Johnny Three, or Lucky Otis? <laughs> Love it. Yeah, so just to bring in a couple other artists, when the reissue came out, it was praised uh, due to uh, some of his popularity was because it was publicly praised from bands like Stereo Lab, High Llamas, and Tortoise. Prince, too. Yeah, Prince. Yeah. So, you know. Sometimes it takes other artists to recognize an artist, I guess. Bring game it back do and, respect game. That's right. Yeah. He also appeared, uh, which I didn't look up, but I really want to, uh, Late Night with Conan O'Brien and David Letterman in 2001. He's on. Um, I, need to, I need to find that yeah. footage. He's on there. Do you know what he plays? Probably. I don't. Wait, he's in the band or no? What? No, he, no, he, no, he, he just performs. Played, he played 2001 okay. was the year it was reissued, so yeah, it's yeah, probably yeah. promoting it. Yeah, that's great. The title of the song. I thought it was just a bit so-so. I like this. It's just some transition music for a film. Yeah. That's what but I like I feel about like, it. I feel like a lot of this album is transit. It feels like that transition music. Side two. Yeah. I like this song because I can see it being used. I, I said before, like a not scary scene for Law and Order, but an, man, I can yeah. see this being used in Hill Street Blues. I could see this being used in Homicide Life on the Street. I could see this being used in a lot of stuff, but I'm a very cinematic like, I will listen to an album and I will make a scene around the song of yeah. which I am listening to. And I, I don't know, I felt like I could get lost in this song. I really liked it. Why do you think he didn't put any vocals on half these songs? He had three years. What, did, do you think he intended them to be instrumentals? Or do you think that was just all he had? He saw what Peter Gabriel did to Lamb Lies Down on <laughs> <laughs> that, That's probably it. You just... Following Genesis. <laughs> I, 
think he thought it was strong enough without out them probably I, yeah. I i like these songs but they, they do they they sound like they're either they don't they don't sound like fully realized album tracks to me they think, sound either like you should be listening to this while seeing something else or like it's a, a like a demo waiting for some yeah, lyrics i think that is my biggest qualm with the album too is when i'm thinking okay he's got three years he's a brilliant musician he does all this stuff he's pushing a a bit of the boundaries because he's using like electronic drums he's doing this lo-fi thing but then the ultimate result like the culmination it's like just doesn't hit that mark that would be make it like like an amazing album or something that should really be like held up and really praised i don't know it's just it, it it just feels like it doesn't quite get there. There's a couple singles on here which are mm-hmm. really good. You know what this sounds like? Is anybody here an Animal Crossing player? <coughs> anybody play Animal Crossing? Oh, no, this does sound like an like a Nintendo wait screen for it's, sure. Uh, there's certain when you play Animal Crossing, you can get a boom box and you put little songs in, and the songs are all very minimalist. But they there's like one that's like KK Boogie that sounds dead ass like this. And I just thought about that. It just it sounds like little Animal Crossing animal music. It's cute. You know what it kind of reminds me of? And maybe it's because I've been listening to it a lot this past week. And and what I'm about to say also reminds me very much of like chill video game cutscene music is yes. uh, uh, that Plantasia mm. record. The, the warm earth music for plants mm. and people who love them. Uh, Mort. Mort. Oh, Mort. Uh yeah, it's just that same, just kind of just like warm and chill. Chill anime beats, if you will. I don't know if chill. anyone's familiar with an- chill anime beats. But... Is that, a, is that a, a thing I can look up? It is a thing you can look up. I, I believe is that a zillennial a... thing? I'm, I'm not a zillennial. How dare you? How dare I? How dare you? You don't need to, you could be, just be hip to their things. Um, no, chill anime beats is like, a, it's like a Vine account where they take mostly like the fucking anime footage of like you know, power lines and shit, and then they put, like, funky hip-hop beats, but they're, like, very chill. Like this. Like, this is very much a chill anime beat. I don't know how into anime you guys are, um, but I'm very. (laughs) Yeah, so the thing that John was talking about, uh, one of the records that he did with his dad and some other dude was called Snatch and the Poontangs. (gasps) What year is that one? Uh, That was 1969. Yes, it was. uh, That would make (laughs) him, what, like... 15? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he, he was credited under the pseudonym Prince Wonderful. Oh, <laughs> W-N-N-E-R. What are the other pseudonyms? Are there other pseudonyms? Uh, not that I can tell on this. But yeah, he was he was definitely 15 and uh, played on a record called Snatch and the Poontangs. In 1969. <laughs> nice, nice. So this, yeah. this did chart uh, Billboard Pop albums 181. In 1975, and the single inspiration information went to uh, 56. So not, ter- no, not didn't bad. Do bad at all. That song was covered by uh, Sharon Jones and the Dep Kings in like yeah. 2009, I think. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. So it's interesting. There's also some other people use like samples, like Diggable Planets and mm-hmm. Beyonce. I could hear that. Mm-hmm. I could definitely. Sounds hear- right for the sampling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah this Outcast is sampled uh, very much a Strawberry uh, 
Letter 23. Yeah. I, I could For Miss Jackson. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So now I really am oh. curious what it sounds Uh-oh. like. <laughs> All right, Rob, what do you think? Uh, I give it a solid thumbs neutral. I like it. I like some of the songs on it. I'll never come back to revisit it, but I will play people uh, like a couple of tracks on it. But ultimately, it's just not, not really my thing. Yeah. Positive for me. I like it warts and all. Uh, and by warts, I just mean that side two, to me, sounds a little under underrealized. But I still really enjoy it. It does not... I never want to skip a track, really, on it. Uh, mm-hmm. The songs that are less realized just kind of keep me coasting. Yeah. So, uh, positive for me. Well, I said neutral because he caught... No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but in spite of that, um, I, you know, the more I listen to it, like, when I came back from my clinical listen where I, like, take notes and stuff and, like, listening to it right now while recording... You know, I, I, it really grows on me each time. I, I really, I, I think I really enjoy this album. And I think I probably will come back to it because I really like this kind of like very chill soul. Uh, I've met, I mentioned like Strawberry Litter 23 is like one of my favorite songs by the Brothers Johnson, but I actually really like that whole album. I love like Earth, like early Earth, Wind, and Fire. Heck so yeah. this is, this is really up my alley. I mean, I like very chill. Like soul, like funk, like that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, I'd I'd give it a definite positive. And if you're into like this kind of stuff, like you should you should listen to this album before you die because it's very nice. Yeah. It's good for good for stoop sitting. It's kind of mm. like if uh, like John Oates did a solo record, <laughs> <laughs> and not just because uh, yeah. he looks like John Oates on the on the front <laughs> cover, but. Like it, it seems like uh, half yeah. of Hollow Notes like doing a song. Yeah, it kind of does. I could see that if one of them just did like some bedroom recording. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I'm with I think I'm with kind of with you, Rob. It's like good but not great. Uh, yeah. There's moments of real real solid inspiration yeah. on it. But, inspiration information. But I <laughs> I usually try and the name of the album. Judge like the whole like the album as a whole like like just take everything and like the good the bad whatever and. Unless there is undeniably like amazing just singles that I I cannot deny. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't want to skip tracks. It's real pleasant to listen to. I mean, check it out. I think uh, a question we could ask too is like, would we like? Is it in the book? Like, should it be in the book? I I think so. I, yes, probably because yeah, it does represent something that we haven't really Mm-mm. covered before. This I don't think we'll get to see something it, like this also. Yeah, later, in a while, maybe Sly Stone with Family Affair. Yeah, or mm-hmm. sorry, riots going on. Mm-hmm. That's um, the closest I could think of. Yeah, yeah. But this is more chill than that. Yeah. He really sort like once m- we get minimal to, funk or yeah. minimal soul. Like, once we yeah. get into the eighties, he really he uh, Robert Demery. I mean, like really kind of s- turns away from this kind of stuff. I feel like so. Yeah. I think this is something that's really special for the like in terms of thinking about the book as a whole. Like, I think this is something that's very special for the book because it's it's like Alex Harvey Band. It's something that's very like I didn't really know. I thought Shuggy Otis was going to be more like a rock like like guitar person. Yeah, and I didn't this is not at all what i thought it was gonna be yeah he's a great guitarist too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cool all right well that was a good one to listen to all right next time we'll be talking about stevie wonder fulfilling this first finale such alliteration with Thank these you. album titles mm-hmm.